to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. If you're new here, episodes drop every Wednesday morning, and I'm Helen Denham. I'm a women's empowerment coach, behavior change specialist, meditation teacher, and singer-songwriter. And this podcast has become truly my happy place. It's such an honor to sit here and bring you these beautiful conversations and introduce you, or maybe you already know a lot of these guests, uh, introduce their work um, in this space. And before we get started, I also wanted to shout out this rising ritual challenge that I've been doing on my Instagram. You can start anytime, but it's really just a two week challenge to get you guys in the flow of rising intentionally every day and really making time for yourself before you jump into all the tasks that come with this kind of crazy life that we're in right now. So I've been starting off my days just simply with uh, seven minutes of meditation, and that can look like gratitude or prayer or affirmations. Then I take a quick 15 minute walk to the end of the road and back with my coffee, do just a quick one page of journaling, and then I do 15 minutes of reading. And I've been reading this book on the goddess archetypes, which is paired with uh, the women's movements and uh, Carl Jung's psychology. So that's been really interesting. And I'm just noticing that I'm getting a lot more reading done, which is awesome. And I'm a lot more calm during the day, much more intentional. I'm definitely getting up earlier because I need to make space for that 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, it's making a really big difference in my confidence as well. So I encourage you guys to just take a look at your risings and see if you're feeling good every day when you're getting up. So on my Instagram at Helen Denham underscore, I've got a highlight section for that if you want to check it out. Um, But anyways, that being said, let's jump into today's conversation. We have got Brie Melanson joining us. She is an international speaker and channel celebrated for making her mark on the esoteric and self-development world. Brie's mastery lies in her grounded approach to dissolving the divide between the material and metaphysical and unlocking the mysticism and quantum healing. The depth of single sessions with Brie can equate to years of traditional therapy, and she helps people make lifetimes of changes through psychological processes, channeled lessons, and somatic healing. Her innovative process comes from her direct experience getting people unstuck and into their highest potential as a medium and an energy worker who's practiced for over 10 years. She's now translated her experience and channeled insight into precise formulas and tools to empower people to live at their fullest expression. She has a beautiful gift for taking deep, intense work and making it social, aspirational, and highly engaging. So that's a little bit about Brie before we we get into this conversation. She's such a gift. Uh, we, we take a lot of really interesting turns in this episode from what it's like to go into trans channeling and how we can all practice that at home to really starting a spirit-led business to practicing surrender in some really dark times and just so much more. So enjoy this episode. In the meantime, you can find Brie on Instagram at brie.melanson and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and at The Lifted Podcast. And if you feel like a buddy might benefit from this conversation, please do feel free to send it along and I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I always love to ask guests is how do you like to start your days off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? I I wish I could brag about that and (laughs) say how disciplined and spiritual I am. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, when I, when I am more like in practice and conscious, which uh, I just haven't been the last few months, I was under uh, a lot of production deadlines. And so my habits fell to the wayside, which ironically, of course, I actually needed more for the production, (laughs) but Um, I do like just reading before bed, like turning off my phone completely at night and waiting as long as I can to turn it on or, you know, grab my computer. Um, so I like to have, I mean, I love, I'm obsessed with coffee. I love it. Don't get tea. I'm like, I'll just drink water, (laughs) but I, uh, 
I, you know, I really just have like one cup in the morning and it's like, and it is that ritual. So yeah, I guess, you know, I'm aware that that's why I love it because of that moment. Um, but yeah, ideally like a little bit of reading and yeah, I can't, like, again, I can't say that I've practiced like writing in the morning, but ideally I would be. However, my, I'm going to start in the new year. My friend invited me to like a group to work through our dreams. And that's really been calling me for a long time. And I've just not accepted that invitation as far as like how they're there to serve us. So I'm looking forward to that. I know it's really going to shift things, even though it feels small. Oh, that sounds awesome. What I should really ask yeah. people is what does it look like? Or what would your like ideal morning look like if you were really on it? But I love that, like a little reading, journaling, coffee, oh, the dream work sounds really interesting. Is it, is it kind of decoding what symbols and messages are coming through your dreams? Or is it like lucid dream work? What's that going to look like? Well, I think what happens is it's that it's the first, you know, it's, it's at least at beginning to connect with them and like start the conversation. Cause I, you know, um, yeah. And I actually, I have, I don't really have good dreams and I've talked to my guides about it and they're just like, I know that I have to get through that gunk and I practiced it for a little while and it was so powerful. The question that really helped me was, um, you know, just guessing. Cause I think sometimes we'll like refer to a book and like, what does it mean? And instead of just being like, what did it feel like? What did, you know, whatever it was, even if it felt random, like what did that relationship dynamic remind me of? What could it have been? And writing down all the little details that even if they don't feel like they make sense, you might have like a psychic moment later around whatever, pea soup or something really random. And then, but what really helped me was I would always look at the dream as a whole with what I had maybe interpreted and then just asked, what is the call to action? Like what in regards to my healing? And that might be to have a hard conversation with somebody or to just call an old family member or take care of something or do breath work later to actually look at that deeper. Um, so I, mean, I think that's the scope that I'm going to go in with. And then I think once you work out all the gunk, then you can start lucid dreaming and creating within those worlds, which, yeah. Mm. Just, I'm just like every morning, like not interested. No, thank you. Just <laughs> Yeah. It's a really amazing like memory practice too, isn't it? To try to remember as soon as you wake up what you were even dreaming about, because I find if I don't do it immediately, like as soon as I even look at my phone or speak to somebody, I lose it all. But um, yeah. I remember my mom teaching us to lucid dream. And the first step was remember your dreams, like really just get in touch with that memory flex. What do you yeah. think? So you think, what do you think of, of dreams in general? Like what's your current perception um, around dreams? I think, um, like everything that exists in the known universe, their purpose is to ex like for expansion, right? So they're there to help us. And um, I think just even taking that scope is enough to like find out what that is. And then the manifestation of it, like me, like I'm just, I'm not connecting with them. So work out the gunk. And then, yeah, the purpose will become higher because I've, accepted that that invitation essentially with them i don't know what's your feeling or take yeah well i love that you said too it might it might trigger something like a psychic moment down the line like a call to action to work on breath work like you were saying so i think that's really beautiful i've had so many i i honestly feel like dreams have been the biggest expansion into understanding that we're spirits having a physical experience and lucid dreams especially because our consciousness is so there and it's so physical even in the astral plane that it just mm -hmm. like erased like the question, the constant questioning around it for me. And I've had strange moments of like deja vu, but like the deja vu is a remembering of a dream where I feel like I've been here in a dream so specifically. So for me, mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's this gift that we have as, as humans is it's our, our connection to the spirit realm. And it's, I love the mystery of it. It's like our, it's like a, a, a direct line of communication. So um, I'm with you. I think it's a beautiful portal for expansion there and uh, a constant like source of curiosity that can be unraveled and, and patterns can be released there. But um, I think we also probably go through a lot of phases in the dream realm. Like in the beginning, it might just be like sorting out the day and then we get into the deeper realm in the REM state. Yeah. But, yeah. 
I think too, like the simplicity of, um, as you said, you know, like when we wake up, we want to kick into like, oh, I'm Brie and get on board with that story of whatever I have going on instead of taking a moment and yeah, like allowing that essence, yeah, to live a little bit longer and still remain curious about it because we're choosing to not call in, in a way, that bigger aspect of ourselves just by kicking into yeah, not whatever, reacting, picking up the phone. like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just like remembering one of my buddies bringing up ancient like Toltec wisdom, I believe, where they, they believe that the waking self is the one being dreamed in a way and that our most authentic true self is beyond this physical plane. Um, and so we are, we are dreaming ourselves now, which is such an interesting way to think about it. It makes you approach life like a little differently and with more of like a artistic and expanding lens um so it's interesting but Brie I yeah. you know I, I will have given like a little introduction about you know what you're working on and what you're up to but I would love to hear more about your story as well and your journey um to coming into your intuitive gifts and and all the beautiful work that you do yeah I think um you know in regards to everything that we were just talking about it's it was is this has been essentially like a succession of small decisions to get curious about that self and to I don't want to like call it courageous but it kind of is because it's it's um, choosing to become a little bit less unconditioned around you know how we're who we're told to be or what we're you know supposed to be doing um, and you know when you look back on life it all makes more sense you're like oh and that's why i was pulled there and that's why this was you know the perfect piece um and so yeah i think it's like those choosing again like to expand and taking those invitations be it through hardship or yeah i'm gonna make this jump right like this or this bad thing happened and like okay well how am i gonna see that am i gonna choose to come from my identity or like can I invite, you know, that larger perspective in that has kind of paved the path for me? Cause I, you know, I, we're all intuitive, obviously, you know, and, and as kids we're we're open and just as general, we're sentient beings. Right. And we're kind of taught to uh, shut a lot of those down. And so, you know, as a kid, I was having experiences and then, adults would be like, well, that's not happening. So then it either, you know, it transfers into fear and you don't know where to put it. So you just shelf it or stuff it or whatever it might be. Um, but I always had a, like a curiosity about the spiritual world and my parents weren't necessarily either religious or spiritual, but I, you know, my mom tells me like, I came in and I was like, this is why I'm here. I'm really glad I chose you guys. Like I would, it was fresh off the boat. So I was like saying stuff, you know, and, um, but you know went to college and just kind of followed more of a conventional path while having my spiritual world just be my thing that you know that brie liked you know it was like oh yeah brie and her angels or and so uh yeah i mean studied business and again it was like those those like i chose to do like a study abroad program and then that really helped me be like what am i doing like i was able to place myself somewhere where I wasn't being reflected all the time of like who I should be. So it was, and it's like why we love travel so much. We're like, I love travel. We're like, we actually just love being free. We're like, we love money. It was like, we actually just want to be free to express ourselves. Like it's always that, you know, that feeling that we're going for. And so that kind of woke me up to like, wait a minute, if I have gifts in the world and like, you know, what is the world that I want to create? Um, which actually like led me to, to dance. I was studying international business and I'd always danced and, moved to LA for dance and then found, you know, Agape Spiritual Center and just more of a, um, and not necessarily community, but it was just like more accepted and talked about where I had always been seeking. Like I would just end up in some like, you know, I went to college in San Diego and I remember going to like a, trying to find a, I don't know, it was like some Buddhist thing and it was like some random room and a random, I was just like constantly like, where are my people? Um, so in LA that kind of opened the path. And then like through dance, I also learned a lot. Like I learned how to feel more secure and comfortable in my body. And I learned about energetics of things. And 
uh, that I could have a creative lifestyle, that that was possible because, you know, in LA, you can pretty much do anything. People are like, yeah, they're like, you know, I'm selling rocks. They're like, yeah, you are. It's <laughs> just like creating yeah. that path. Um, not that I didn't struggle within that, but uh, eventually just, I actually asked, I was reading it because all of my books were spirit, about spirituality and self-help and development. And uh, I was reading a book and this woman was talking about a spiritual teacher. And I was like, oh, like I didn't really realize that was an option because this was also like 15 years ago or so. So there wasn't, it wasn't around. Like you would have a, you would maybe like a friend would tell you about a psychic and you'd call her on the phone. You know? <laughs> so I didn't know that I could even have a teacher that would show me that I could access those gifts. Um, so I began, and I basically asked for a teacher and she showed up days later and, and she sat next to me on a plane and gave me her card and it was a theta healing card and I had it on my vision board because I was doing all the spiritual things. And, um, and so I, yeah, I ended, I saw myself working for her, ended up working for her and learning a way to connect and uh, practice a healing modality and access my intuitive skills. Uh, and then it was just like a super slow succession. Like I would start practicing with my friends and I think I was charging like, you know, I would do a trade and then I would just charge more. And then I just built my practice. And when I was doing readings, I, they were always more geared around like, how do we get you from A to B and what are the programs that are playing out? And how can we get in there and shift those and change those so, so that you can expand and create this thing that you say you want, like, or that we say we want. And kind of using the intuitive piece as like talking to the person's soul or a guide or somebody that's come through as that coach, right? So, um, I mean, I would definitely wasn't a life coach, but I was really geared towards how do we get you more connected to who you really are and how, and essentially... I mean, I guess how you want to be feeling, but more so that freedom of expression in the world. Um, yeah, all the, all the words to say, get past your blocks and tap into that part of who you are. And then I, like I was concurrently working, I was still kind of dancing. I was uh, running, a, I kind of like worked my way up in this nonprofit organization. And my boss was actually grooming me to be the uh, national director and I stepped down um, because this calling was deeper, but the other path was easier. And it was also heart-filled, right? I, I, I enjoyed what I did. I had a lot of freedom and um, she was amazing and really taught me also like how to manage and, and run, run things, <laughs> be boss. <laughs> um, yeah, so I made the jump to start my business and created my first bigger program, which was, I think it was psychic boot camp. Um, and I, and I, cause I realized too, like once I was doing the readings for, I did them for like 10 years and I was like, okay, I really want to support. How do, how do I approach this from being like, how do I make the biggest impact and serve the most? And that is to obviously empower people. And so then created programs to help people access that and eventually kind of retired from doing reading, readings. I mean, I'll do it for my friends and that type of thing, but I'd much rather help people connect than, um, yeah, do, do one-on-ones, but I, I still love doing those. So yeah, that was mm -hmm. kind of my path. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing about this. Everybody's journey is, is, is so unique. Do you feel like you had a moment um, in between, you know, childhood and like college when you're reading all these books and tapping into this, was there ever a point where you like kind of forgot and had to remember again, this intuitive understanding and, and this connection with your guides and, and this realm that you work with? Like, was there ever a gap there or have you always felt connected? I've always felt connected. I didn't know that it was possible. Like for me, even though like I had those experiences as a kid, like I didn't think that I could do it. And I remember seeing one of my mentors once for a reading and she at the time was like doing them on a, you'd lay out a massage table. She did energy work and stuff. And she stopped in the middle of the reading and she was like, do you want to do what I do? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I just like, started, just like I think so. I was like bawling. 
and it looked good. And she's like, well, let's clear some blocks. And, and then I met that teacher. Um, so I think it's always been there, but there's been these moments that have been deepening, like that have dropped me more into it where it's just like almost non-negotiable. Like my mom got cancer and I, you know, you have these things and you're just like, Hey God, it's me. I'm okay. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> cause there's nothing to hold on to in the physical. So then you, you know, you open to, you know, what may first be hope and then prayer and then, then, then communication. And then, yeah, the, the greater awareness of what happens when we go through hardship and shedding mm-hmm. that heavy ass identity. So um, and it continues. Like I, uh, a couple years ago, I had this like misdiagnosis of HIV and I like fully thought I had it. I was in another country when the doctors called and it just made sense. Like my immune system was kind of being funny and this and that and the other. And I heard you don't have it, but then I was like, I, I was like, Google, like stats and facts, whatever. Like there's 98, these tests are 98% accurate and so yeah that shedding and then more opening right yeah all those oh my gosh and it usually happens when we're like you know in such a low phase that we almost are pushed into this like sense of trust I had a very similar happening I got diagnosed with something that I didn't end up having but it was it was life-shattering um in the in the diagnosis in the moment so there was the whole like accepting that like this is the reality now how do I identify with this reality and then the release of like oh actually that's not my reality, but like, okay, it's kind of a blessing to have worked through that huge amount of shadow um, and come oh out God. on the other side. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was best. It was the most expansive thing I've ever experienced in my life because I kept leaning in because here I had like, you know, been so curious about self-development and spirituality. And then it was like, okay, apply. And I was like, I don't want to apply. Yeah. And so it went through you know, the sadness and the anger and all that. And then eventually it breaks you to where you're, you have, you give up. So you're like, you know, that sweet space of surrender. Mm-hmm. Now, how is it for me? And then it was this place of acceptance where I, it was, I know it sounds crazy, but I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me before I knew I didn't have it because mm-hmm. I felt like I was walking in heaven on earth. It was insane. Like I was just like, there was, yeah. And then when I, when they told me I didn't, then I was like, shit, I got to choose it. I don't want yeah. to choose. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I feel that so <laughs> deeply. Acceptance is such a powerful thing to come to terms with as well. I was just thinking about this um, in a little piece I was writing yesterday for my newsletter, all about acceptance and how sometimes acceptance is even more powerful than even optimism, because I always consider myself to be this like eternal optimist and always seeing the silver lining, always going. And I, and, you know, I still think that that is absolutely relevant, but there comes a point where just accepting something for what it is, it drops you into, like you just said, surrender and just giving it to God and just being like, okay, I'm just, I'm here for the ride. Like, let's go. And, and the strength that you, you build from acceptance can turn into optimism and, and just like you said, like heaven on earth. Um, and knowing right. that it's all working out for us. And there's, it always does. It always works out. But how else do we know? And that was a big piece that I learned with that. I was like, how would I ever know trust? How would I ever know peace if I didn't, you know, if we didn't have, you know, the contrast that um, allows us to learn those things. And I think, yeah, I, I don't, I would never want to be hopeful or even optimistic because that is, there's still this attachment to a condition that will occur so that I can feel better Verse, and then within surrender, like I always say, acceptance is the bridge to peace. And we can always choose it in every moment. Like even if something's annoying you, it's like, what would it feel like to just accept it in this moment? And then immediately there's peace. Mm. Um, but with that surrender, what I, uh, I just did, I did like a little mini class on it. Um, and I usually channel, like I'll offer, you know, my tips and tricks. And then I'll be like, also let us know what is the bigger picture. And one of the things we work through, because usually people are like, yeah, but how? And I think what is helpful to remember with surrender is that we think we have to let go of the thing, but the deeper freedom is within letting go of the kind of negotiation that we're in with that thing, right? So like 
how am I needing this outcome in order to make me feel safe? And that's what we need to surrender. And it, so it feels easier because then we don't have to let go of the cookie, whatever it is, the money, the thing that we wanted, the person. And all we have to do is let go of how am I negotiating my worth or my safety or my well-being with this? And that's the money. That's the spot where we're, you know, if, because it, it feels more um, doable and uh, approachable and then that's where all the freedom is at and then the things can shift and change right yeah, yeah absolutely it's it's just pinging what you were saying earlier like why do we want the money why do we want the relationship why do we want to move why do we want to do this it's, it's for that feeling of peace and freedom at the end of the day so how can we stop like thrashing against this current coming at us and just like re relax and like go downstream and and just let it ride out mm-hmm yeah. You, you were also mentioning when, when you were with your mentor that um, you were clearing some energetic and emotional blocks to allow you to do what she, she or he was doing. What were those blocks that you were clearing? Um, and what was that process like to, to more fully step into your, your power in that way? Yeah, you know, at the time, because it was so long ago, I don't remember what they exactly were. Um, but I you know, what I have learned, like in connection to say abundance, cause I used to struggle with money a lot. Like it was a real big one for me. And all that it's really been is relaxing into my inherent expression and my inherent curiosities and just considering like, how, how could I apply those? What could, you know, um, what what could that look like to honor those a bit more or to offer those within service or you know sign up for a class or whatever it might be versus i have to plug myself into a system that has been created that is linear and you know conditional like all of our conditioning is within a condition so <laughs> what does it look like um yeah and then even just getting curious about who is that inherent self and um what does it look like to bridge my days even and make more space for that whatever you want to call your soul or um and even just trying on like if it were possible if it, even if it feels impossible i can't sustain my life like that it's you know i have to work you know yeah you can't like just jump in that moment and quit your job um but what what if it were possible what what would it look like um how would I, I think the piece with, um, you know, abundance is that our, our most transparent self will be our most abundant self and path, right? It's always flow will always lead you. So it's a matter of like, again, trying to choose, choose it, which it will feel hard because it's, it's not logical. You know, it's like me quitting my job. My parents were like, I don't, be, um, I don't know if this is really, do you think you should, you know, oh, and if they, and I came yeah. obviously out of love. Right. Um, but yeah, just those all, any way that you can choose your inherent self in a conversation, um, signing up for a class, like your mornings and, and that type of thing. So I think for me, like with beliefs, um, it is looking at like, I'll call the ego, the negotiator and how it's trying to negotiate its worth or well-being through whatever it might be um and what does it look like to embody that in this moment you know if i am looking for um because you don't want to have if we don't go to those deeper places then it's just going to re-manifest so it's like even if i created a career and i'm still holding that negotiation around i have to heal others in order to know that i'm healed or i have to prove myself, right? If I'm the way that I'm looking at what success is, a lot of times when we look at sec success, we're looking at approval. Like the ego is like, yeah, major approval equals success. You know? And so allowing ourselves to just reframe those things. Like what if nobody ever told us what success was? What does it look, what does that look like for me? Um, and that's going to give you a lot too to your that's going to give you a lot of clues as to your deeper values, which are your kind of your magnets for co-creation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've worked through a ton boatload of beliefs. Uh, 
yeah, and that it, it um, I think what I'm really trying to offer right now in my classes and stuff is like that embodiment piece because we can know, it's not enough to know. Like it's not enough to just know spiritual stuff. Like the real knowledge is in the embodiment and whatever is accessible, like that step that we can take in that moment. What would it look like to embody my expansion if I know that this is what this relationship or circumstances is really here for, then how can I show up? Yeah. And it, and it won't be comfortable because it's going to be growth. So it's going to be like, yeah, showing up in a new way or having a little bit of a harder conversation or leading with vulnerability. And that is like our healing is in every moment, every moment, no matter what our past lives things are, it's like, it's all here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is such an important conversation too. And I'm, I'm learning so much just from listening to you speak about it, because especially in our field, in the, in the healing and the spiritual realm, I think even just in the last 10 years, it's become more acceptable that a lot more people are working in this way. But there, I'm finding that for some people, including myself, there's this, not guilt, but like, is it okay for me to uh, exchange money for my gifts? Is that actually okay? Is that allowed? So I love that you're saying, what does success look like for you? And, and imagining what actually is possible, as crazy as that sounds, and building that bridge over time to know that it's possible mm -hmm. and find expanders in that way. Yeah, and I think being real cautious of that sneaky little ego because, you, you know, your ego will want to be, like, if you have a desire, it's like, yeah, I want to make this much money. I want to have this many clients. And it's okay to be specific. And it's but when we go deeper, I think the, the um, also like the greatest path within that is how do I be of greatest service? How do I make the biggest impact? What does it look like to serve purely within this class, within this offering, within my business? And then you're, that is the abundant path because if you're letting more life force move through you to reach people, then the universe is going to be like, well, yeah, well, you know, let me get them. I'll let me into it. Like I want to, you know, again, that expansion piece is like, is the nature of all things. So it wants to be made more real. Like even when I developed my programs, like it wasn't really the um, business model back then. The business model was you be the psychic, you're the expert. And then more people will come or the more you can charge, which is okay. Like if, if that really lights you up, if, if what you feel in greatest service is to do one-on-ones and activate people then yeah like but for me it felt like you know i i want to i want to help as many people as i can remember and activate um and so then of course that's going to be my path to abundance because it is theirs like as serving their higher self right and so we're afraid to take sometimes that generosity um or even try something within any industry like you know, you live in LA and there's that, there's always like, even when it comes to TV, they were like, we like the formula. We like what works until something else works. And then everybody's like, oh yeah, we like, we like that. That's what works. So yeah, it's taking that, um, yeah, inspiration that is within us. Uh, yeah. And I think with, you know, looking at that, I mean, and I have, I remember when I first started and my ex-boyfriend was like, kind of pose that for me. Like, how are you going to take money to, to do, you know, whatever you want to divine work or energy? I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, I still try to integrate um, as much generosity as I can within my business and offering like a boatload of free meditations or like, here's this other way or here's hot tips or, I'll do a donation class or like still looking at what does it look like to serve like from that view for sure. All right, taking a quick break here because I wanted to chat with you guys about something. If you have been feeling stuck in a particular area of life, or maybe you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way, but haven't quite been able to bring that goal to fruition, well, changing our lives means changing ourselves, right? And that's not always easy. Your dreams are going to require a new version of you. And that's where I'm here to help you. 
it means clearing out self-limiting beliefs, reclaiming your energy, releasing what's no longer serving you, releasing those old habits, and truly defining what it is that you want out of your next chapter. So I've opened up a private one-on-one mentorship series where for six weeks, we're going to be developing that clarity and preparing you to receive exactly what it is you've been calling forth. And at the end of the day, you are the healer. We're simply going to be activating that intrinsic and innate part of you. So the six-week mentorship series includes guided visualization meditations, habit and routine formation, subconscious reprogramming for confidence, unlimited support with me via text and email, weekly 90-minute calls, and so much more. So if you're curious about that, if this sparked your curiosity, you can go over to helendenham.com slash mentorship. It's going to be open not for too much longer, so I'm really excited to chat with you if this feels in alignment. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. Back to the show. So I would love to touch on channeling in a, in a broader sense as well. And I think you were mentioning touching into these different essences and, and entities. So what does that feel like? How does that resonate with you as you're channeling uh, energies coming through for you? Yeah, so there's um, a process that I use to essentially just get totally out of the way. And I didn't actually uh, start to like trance channel or whatever you want to embody channel until like well after I had been doing readings and not to say like you have to, you know, it was just my process was becoming accustomed to being more so like a bridge um, or like, you know, I would make the analogy of mediumship of being, you know, like on a three-way phone call or something. And you're like, hold on, let me ask, get the comedian and then, and then uh, deliver. And then channeling to me is more of like becoming that mic. Right. And so I was taught uh, to first, you know, do the trans channeling, like, you know, through the voice. And I remember the first time that I did it, the first thing that I said is she is afraid to be wrong. And it freaked me out. And I was just like, <laughs> just like hop back in, freeze consciousness is back. I um, mean, I wasn't scared. It was just so foreign. Uh, so it took some time essentially to get accustomed to it. And I first got more comfortable with trance writing. So really just getting out of the way and almost like, you know, opening a channel, right? An auditory channel and an energetic channel to receive. And I, I feel like once you hit the opening space, it's like there's a foundation that's created in a sense, you know, as if, you know, as you move through life and you, you may hit a, a height of joy, right? Or like if you do a, you know, a drug or do some type of transcendental experience where you hit this level of consciousness or energetic state, and then you have a go-to, right? So you're, you can always kind of access that. So it still takes me a few moments to, uh, to get out of the way. And, you know, it, it can feel like starting an engine, like you're like, (laughs) finally you'll get going. And then it's just like, flow, baby flow. Uh, so it feels like, being in a very deep meditation. So there's no, um, there's very little conscious or linear thought. Although I can still ask questions within as I'm going through it. And even when I'm trans channeling, like in body channeling in front of people, I, I will sense my like greenness going, you know, is this good enough? You, you know, I, I'm wanting to interject my own questions, even if it's a, a forum where people can ask, you know, so it is a constant like management, I guess. But once you kind of hit that state, um, you're open, but I don't want to like ever give, because when you watch somebody trans channel, sometimes it can seem like they must not have control They're, you know, and it, it looks and feels very foreign. The first time I saw it, I was like, this person is making it up. Um, and it's very uncomfortable for me also to do it in front of people because my mannerisms change. I have to let go completely. Like my fit, my, my body will, you know, drop and my, my mannerisms get all weird and I hate it and I'm watching it and I 
hate it. But I had, I, I hosted a retreat a couple years ago and I, I, in the past, I have saved the trans channeling for the end. And I did it, I think the last two nights and a couple girls came up to me and they were like, my life is forever changed. And I was like, okay, so we need to do this more. Like you gotta get out of the way, Breeze. Like this is not, this has nothing to do with you. And so the more, just like in life, you know, the more we can get out of the way that, that I think the better it can serve. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, in some, I have a process that I use to connect that I, you know, I had a mentor that taught me. I didn't just like wing it. And I always like to offer that and just like give it a go <laughs> because you want to have your boundaries. You want to feel secure and you want to have your boundaries tight and right. And before you go in and, and allow and open for that. Uh, and so I generally go in with an intention. Sometimes I'll just go in and open what do we need to know or and I'll usually go in with an intention of who I want to connect with. Uh, and yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. Maybe later I'll, I'll let go and, and be able to kind of move through it differently. And then I'm always just really, um, you know, there's a closing process as, as, as you might for most things. And I don't ever get energetically drained and I don't believe that you should. I don't, I don't, or I shouldn't say should, I don't believe that we have to. And so when it comes to energetic boundaries within intuition, I always like to support people in reminding them that, you know, if you're getting drained, just be aware of what subconscious beliefs you might be holding around that. And there's usually a parallel within your personal life. Like if I am over giving all the time, or if I feel like I have to sacrifice to receive love, I'm, I might experience some energetic imbalance. And so it's really beautiful as you move through that process uh, that you get to really become more empowered in your life as you get curious about your intuition and then vice versa, right? Because it's, it is a natural unfolding when you start delayering the self, of course your intuition is gonna open. Um, so I've, I've never had any like, bad experiences but again like i was i'm a real stickler for boundaries and i really love to support people and how to create those and not from a place of fear but just like empowerment you know like when we stand in truth we are impermeable essentially right when we're really aligned there's nothing's gonna have with us right oh it reminds yeah. me of when i was in uh reiki training my my uh mentor dear friend now she she said when you're giving a reiki session you also are receiving one as well so she said the same thing like there's no need to feel energetically drained in fact you 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 might feel just even more at peace more energized because of that exchange in frequency so um that felt really good because you are giving a lot as well but there is a beautiful cycle to to receiving um for yourself too yeah there's been i mean it always opens me and there's been some times that I remember specifically that it just like really ripped me open in the best way. Um, yeah. And then, so I'll go back and like read through the things. Like, so when I'm trans channeling, I can knock out like several pages within, you know, 30 minutes that are like very, that Brie could never write if she tried. <laughs> so it's pretty wild. And then to go back and then integrate, um, I'm trying to do that more. That's kind of where I, I can uh, kind of lack within my practice is I'll just do something and then walk away. So yeah. To, yeah, a bit more. I wanted to ask you too about kind of the, your process of, of coming to a place where, was there a day or, or an event where you were, you were able to channel like this for the first time that really sticks out to you? We're like, oh my God, I got it. After all of my training here, I'm here. Um, cause it's, it clearly wasn't like black and white, right? Like you, you had somebody teaching you and going through these phases to, to prepare for this. So was there a moment where it just clicked for you? I remember when I was, well, what I will also offer is that there will always be doubt, right? And a certain level of it is healthy and, and good and, um, just part of duality. So even when still today, I, I am in it there's some because there's nothing to grab onto it feels like is this happening you know you're still 
you know, you're getting beautiful truths and answers to things. And, you know, I'm crying or people are crying. And, but while I'm doing this, is this real? What's going on? What's, ha what's actually happening here? So um, I, I don't have that moment where I'm like, nailed it, doing it. But I did have a lot of uh, confirmations with connecting with consciousnesses that maybe we have stories about that they would say like, Hey, yeah, like this thing happened and I was doing that. And I did, and I didn't know, like, I'm not versed at all in the Bible or like, I don't, I haven't studied religion much at all. And I, and I have that with mediumship and it still trips. I just get so excited about it because they're just like, look up this date and this and that. And you're like, Oh my God. Even though again, been doing it for 15 years, like, but it's fun. And I, and I'm glad I still get excited. So I think I just had like a bunch of little confirmations that were really helpful. And I also want to offer, you know, as we are developing our intuition, I think when we can go in, just like with like manifesting, when we go in with the, the most pure intention possible, we'll get the most out of it versus I need to be, I mean, it's good to get some confirmations. You can set that up as a, you know, when I connect with people that transitioned, I would like a confirmation. But be cautious of the ego interfering with the process and needing to validate in, in it because it can just block us just like in life. Our only block is really our need. So at, when, even with intuition, as we open, just um, however you can, what would be my highest intention going into this connection and it will open you more. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that, you know, someone like myself and people listening could start to practice to start to strengthen that connection and, and practice essentially connecting with spirit? Like what, what might we be able to do? Well, I think, you know, for all of us as individual, because it's a creative process, but spirituality is how much we can actually come from and act from spirit. And how we've been talking about, you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, like forgiveness is freedom. Like, <laughs> what does it look like? To, what is this? What is an embodiment that I can take in this moment, with you know, within the essence of forgiveness? And so we tend to not make the connection because we just compartmentalize things. But even just taking the consciousness of of trying on the perspective of the soul, I think, is really helpful. Because everybody will tell you meditation, pay attention to how you receive, and those are all very true. But meditation is helpful only because it quiets the identity. And so that's one way, right? But we can also just start to try on, if I had a soul, how would you do? You do, you have a big old soul. Um, how would my soul see this? What would it look like to embody my soul within this conversation? How would my soul see me through this? Or, you know, anything that you seem to be highly conscious, um, if it is a, a being or angel. And the soul always feels a little bit more anchored in, in like, who, who we are and who we can become. Uh, so that, I think, is a big one. And I, if, you know, in regards to channeling, what I think is the quickest route is free writing and whatever your process may be, like you may want to just get all the junk out around this is what I'm thinking or even writing, imagine writing to your soul and your soul and then imagine your soul writing back. And what happens is that you actually start receiving. Um, but you, again, you're trying on, you're free writing. So you're trying, you're getting out of the way. And I, you know, really try to just, when I am like leading classes, I'll be like, just keep writing. Even if you have to write blah, 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 this girl's stupid, why should make me do this? Like hop back in and give yourself some prompts um, because that will really open, yeah, that, that flow within your consciousness. And, you know, being aware of our ego, but not battling with it because that, that's just gonna have us go in circles. But like, what would it look like for me to you know, nurture my soul. Um, what are the ways in which my I I might feel the essence of my soul? What are the things that would invite my soul into my life? Um, and then when the identity comes up, you know, taking that approach of a what is the higher perspective? How can I see this differently? Where is my identity at play? And then also nurturing uh, like 
essentially presence and witnessing. Like I've, when I sit long enough to really get in that state of the witness, I have, it can be transcendent. Um, so just trying on really witnessing, I mean, it's easier in nature, right? And you'll notice cap, like quieting Captain Obvious will come in and go, oh, what kind of bird is that? But just, you know, just, and we begin, begin again, begin again, or you might like look at it through the eyes of appreciation. I like to also become aware of what I'm paying attention to. And it's almost like, what am I collecting evidence for? What do I want to collect evidence for today? Um, and looking for beauty or looking for harmony or looking for whatever it is that you're wanting to like create in your life and looking for it because it's there. It's just waiting for us to, to rest our sweet little eyes or heart on it. So I think all of those things, you know, how we integrate the consciousness and the awareness within our life is going to open, you know, we're going to be, we'll be guided because we're, we're, you know, I was told recently they were like, I was channeling about um, in, intuition and they were just like, all you ever really, what, every question that you ask is more or less, how do I arrive back to oneness? Because even if we're asking, am I going to get the job? Are they going to text back? <laughs> Whatever the thing is, so that we can feel, right? So that we can know. Um, and so just taking that perspective is going to carry us, is going to answer the question that we're asking that's based in conditions, essentially. Uh, and then posing your questions as, you know, what is my growth in this versus, what's going to happen you know what 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 how what am i to learn what am i to know and your expansion is going to come a lot faster and easier and yeah and then it's like round and round we go if we can make that choice you know we try yeah do we it's, it's so encouraging to hear you say too that like just keep writing even if you're writing kind of gibberish because i feel like the major thing with most of us in these practices is just trusting ourselves. And like you keep saying to get out of the way and to persist and just be patient and work through that and continue to come back. And, and eventually things will start to like come into fruition. This also reminds me, I was having this conversation with my friend last night about this new telescope that's going to um, L2, I think that's able to see like two, like, through time and space to the big bang that's this huge kind of moment in uh, space history and exploration which has been so interesting and we start to talk about you know how to get ready uh for civilization to perhaps meet ets and extra dimensional mm -hmm. beings and how channels are already bridging that gap to get the collective more comfortable with making that connection and we were talking about well how would we communicate with people because it was also this we we're also talking about for some reason how we would talk to somebody you know that was living in the 1400s like what would the common denominator be between somebody living in like ancient times ets how do we all connect and the answer just like you were saying is is love and source energy like that's where the connection will be it's where we connect to animals and plant life and and all living things respond to love um and we can all feel each other there so yeah it's just this really beautiful way of of making that choice and continuing to come back to that connectivity um yeah yeah That's i love that beautiful high question conversations you have in you know you can be gossiping tell shitty people are <laughs> shit show it. this You're is like, this is topanga yeah. Uh, yeah i love it yeah it's so good and i you know and i love to um when i do connect with inter interdimensional beings which is usually who i connect with um and and in general how they always op even if we're like what's gonna happen with this you know shit show right. and they always rise above to the higher truth and love because they're just like come here come here come here because that's what we're really asking is yeah. how do we arrive to love and so they're like this is how even in the beginning of this um yeah shift we're moving through they were like, this is here for you. This is, you know, take a look at this, take a look at that. You know, they're never, and that is something to be aware of too when you listen to channeling, like, because our, our filters will get in there. It's inevitable. We are, you know, we, we are the channel. So they still have to use my vocabulary, my understanding of things. Like right now, they were trying to show me this 
thing about, I was my, the last module of the program was about manifesting and I was like, okay, what, what, you know, give me some new hot tips. And I wasn't able to process all of it, you know, and I, and I understood it like, I'm going to have to keep coming back to this because they kept taking me through this process. Um, but they, they're always, you know, so loving and, um, they're not general, they're not going to be like doomsday or, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think like when we hear that, we, it, you know, just knowing that like that, that can happen. And, and if you're practicing, just think, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that might've seeped in. And how do I open to a, a more pure intention? Like you're asking, like, what, what, what can this look like? Or how do we rise up so that we can prepare for this, right? Right. I mean, our conversation went in the same direction, like perhaps this uh, entire pandemic and the divisiveness that it's causing is teaching us how to have mutual respect and understanding for one another, because how are we possibly going to meet another planetary uh, race, like in, until we can kind of get along? So it's like, maybe we're being prepped for something that it would be so hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they have, you know, obviously they've been working with us for a long, for a long time and yeah, are trying, but we have to, yeah, well, again, we have to embody it. We have to, we have to accept that invitation because of, because people are like, yeah, ooh, ETs, yeah, I want to talk to aliens. And then we're just not, yeah, we, I don't want to say we're not there yet because we are, it's happening. Um, but that consciousness piece is, is kind of everything. Right. Is there a particular um, group that you communicate with the most or a star system that you communicate with the most? You know, I, uh, I was introduced when I actually, when I first learned how to channel to the Palladians and, um, and I always look back on that first time that I channeled, they were like, you came for the great awakening and da, 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 da. And I was like, you guys are being so dramatic. And then, and then like the past couple of years, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. So I was like connecting with them first. And then was also, I would connect with the Lemarians. And then a couple of years ago, I got introduced to the Arcturians and I've been really connecting with them a lot. I have, uh, a lot of all the consciousness like um, on my site there's a I think it says channeled insight and you can read read some of it and most of my I'm starting to make more channeled transmissions which are cool too because people are feeling them and like I'll so I trans write and then I record myself reading it and put music in the background so it's like more of a passive and then people were like this feels like a transmission like something's ha it's so cool because it's like I don't edit it so it's actually just the energy of it. Um, yeah, pretty rad because I mean, what are words? Yeah. So barbaric. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to listen to that. Oh my gosh. All right. So yeah. having, having worked with this energy like you do, I mean, what is your perception of what happens to our, our spirit and our consciousness when we leave our physical bodies? Like, what do you think happens? Do you think we go through multiple lives? Like, what's your perception of what's going on? You know, I, I, uh, over the years I've become more humble <laughs> because every time I think I understand I'm shown something else, like even last year, I, a family friend passed and, and whenever anybody passes, I connect just in prayer, like, you know, and thank them for their life. And it, it really can help them transition. And he showed me, and it, when I say it, it still sounds crazy, but he was like, you can um, hop into a parallel life, like where he had the same parents, but different choices, like when he passed. And I was like, are you sure? I was like, I don't, I haven't heard that before. I was like, um, and then it was interesting because then I, I told, I ended up telling his mom some of the things that he shared. And she was like, oh my God, Brie, that's so weird because I just watched a YouTube video basically on that. So then it was another confirmation. So, I mean, who knows? I, but I, I, um, and I think whatever feels true for us and is helpful for us is most important. Um, I have had very visceral experiences of past lives. So I, yes, I believe that we incarnate again, 
but then now I'm looking at how singular is the soul, right? It's not that singular. If, if um, it's affected by this, it's literally as all are all things um, affected by each transmission that we're giving each other. Uh, and so I think sometimes we tend to lean into making the soul more human than it is. Um, but yeah, I, I also am in awareness of like, in my highest moments, it makes me cry <laughs> because it's so true. I'm like good to go. Like, because I feel so not attached to Brie and, and, and I'm not happy because of the condition, but I'm in reverence. So that must be a piece of it. Right. And that's what we hear because I have all the stories and I have, and I have had, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in a, um, like a Uber or something in London and I, this guy's like, what are you doing? And I was like, going to just class. And then I started telling him what I did. And he was like, oh my God. And he was, he basically had a, a near death experience, but he had no, uh, no contacts, no, like he had, you know, not a, not a spirit. And I would say like not a spiritual bone in his body, but essentially was like living very human. And it was so sweet to listen to him explain his experience. And he said, you become everything the, no, the it. He said, you become the it. And, 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 and yeah, so there is that, I think there's that reopening and, re, and remembrance. And I also feel like it's a refresh so that we can come back into whatever incarnation and planet and et cetera with the awareness. I mean, because you look at kids, they're so open, they're, you know, they're very high vibe and creative and imaginative and seeing things and um yeah so I think there's cycles and I think it's infinite and I try to stay open because I, again like I thought well when I first kind of started learning about spirituality and reading books was, I I mean pay attention to what resonates right like but even past lives I was reading once uh I think it was Dolores Cannon and she was she puts people into um regression and can go like into past lives and also interdimensional lives and they and somebody was explaining how you can just download lives before you come so that it's like how much are they actually our lives and so, so that's what i mean sometimes by like don't get so i'm always like don't get too caught up in the drama of a past life story like what is the information <laughs> right because they can become yeah. further egoic attachments in a way just they're just other identities yeah but totally. i guess i think what you're you're describing it resonates with me so deeply because I remember that was a big turning point in my own kind of spiritual arc um, was when I was not really afraid of dying anymore and I had spent so much time in these depressive states and like oh my god it's just like fear and just oh and then it hit this point where it's like all right if I die not only is it okay I started I had a point where I was like excited for the moment I was like I'm so excited to know what's going to happen and connect with it. <laughs> Not even a morbid way, just like, and that felt so good and it changed everything. Uh, and now it's just like, how do we get even more comfortable and just like play because then, then it's just play and like, we're just here to have fun. Yeah. I love how Matt Bush has been talking about life and death and you feel it. And he's really starting to channel. Like he is transcending and yeah, I highly recommend any podcast of his and the way that he talks about it as the ultimate transcendence and bliss and like, yeah, like the ultimate. And it's so beautiful, particularly the one with Aubrey Marcus he did uh, a while back. He goes in, they really go into that and it's really beautiful. Yeah. And how feeling is that? Um, yeah. To within our lives and relationships and Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I just wrote his name down, Zach Bush. I keep hearing him kind of float around. I've got to look into that. Well, I, I want to, Brie, I'm so grateful for you and, and your wisdom. Thank you so much. I've, I, I'm trying to remember, you know, so much of what you said so I can put it into practice tonight. I really want to try automatic writing and encouraging our listeners to just do the same. Um, it's mm -hmm. a really, it's a really beautiful way to kind of move forward here, but how can people connect with you and, and find you and work with you? Um, Tell us everything. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So um, my website's always a good place to start. It's Bree Melanson, B-R-E-E-M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N. And I have a bunch of free resources on there. Um, we'll send you some meditations to connect with your soul and 
you know, writing prompts and breath work. Um, I have a new program called Beyond Form, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of kind of different entry points on my site where you can like really get a, for like, for Beyond Form, you can try an hour breathwork class. Well, it's actually a two hour class. Um, so yeah, that's the best. And then the gram, you know, hanging, hanging out there less, but also still there. But um, yeah, which is the same. It's brie.melanson.com. And uh, yeah, it's some in, uh, meditations on Insight Timer as well. If any of your listeners are on there. Yeah. Awesome. I'll put that all in our description below, but thank you so much for being here. And I'm excited to just explore your work even more. And uh, thank you again. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope that you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Uh, Of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below, so you can find links there. And a couple more things from me. If you go over to HelenDenham.com, you can sign up for my weekly Self-Care Sunday newsletter, which is just a chance for me to spread some love and touch base with you in your inbox. (laughs) And also, I've recently opened up a one-on-one mentorship series. So if you've been wanting to work with me in private, in a mentorship that's a six-week series and you can find all the information on my website as well i also have a self-mastery course called cultivating confidence available Um, on my website you can also find all the past podcast episodes and guests uh, links to my music and blog posts and merch all the good stuff so i'm so grateful that you're here and uh, i love you i'll talk to you on wednesday Bye.